Welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us online again today. These moments are so precious as we connect together in worship and adoration of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And we also get to strengthen and encourage one another from God's Word, the Bible. And as we do that, we make space to encounter him through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm so glad that he's never in lockdown, he's never limited by separation, and is always able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. That is such good news. Well, today we are beginning a brand new series that we're calling The God of Encounter. Our God is not a hands-off God, but one who breaks in and comes close, entering the very world that he has made and catching up people like you and me into his wonderful plans and purposes. And the place where I guess we see that most clearly is when Jesus, his own son, came into this world as our saviour and deliverer. God coming to where we are to lift us to where he is. But you know, all through the Bible, he's been the God of encounter, breaking in and transforming the lives of men and women in every era of history. And so we're going to have a look at some of them through the pages of scripture, encouraged that he still wants to do that with us today. And this morning, we're going to be beginning with the life of Noah. Now, the account of Noah is found in the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, in chapters six to nine. Let me encourage you to read those chapters, maybe today or through this week. I'll be pulling out verses from them as we go along. But Noah is also one of those great heroes of faith that's listed in the roll call of Hebrews chapter 11 in the New Testament. So I just want to read one verse from that chapter. I'm going to read from the New International Version, and it's verse 7 of Hebrews chapter 11. And it says this, By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Wow, a hero of faith. You know, Noah lived thousands of years ago, but his life and times connect so easily with us right now. He lived in a massive global crisis. Self-isolation resulting in lockdown with his family for weeks on end and with a zoo full of animals to add into the mix. A world that after the crisis, in his case a flood, would look very different to how it did before. Noah also got to see the first rainbow, not displayed in the windows of houses, but in the sky. And it was a sign of eternal hope that there will always be a future with God if you take hold of his words and grab his outstretched hand towards you. We so love things like arcs and 
animals and rainbows, don't we? My grandson, who's nearly 16 months old, has so many books and toys that are full of those things. I get the privilege of going to Malawi, and one of the things they love to do there is wood carvings and get these beautiful arcs carved out of wood, full, when you open it up, of animals carved inside. But you know, Noah isn't just a children's story. In fact, to make it into a movie, as the Bible describes it, it would need to be rated 18. Because you see, the backdrop to it is very disturbing. And, and you know, it should shock us to the core. Because it's a world that has gone bad. Full of extreme violence and corruption. A world full of the grossest sexual perversion. And chapter 6, verses 5 to 6, says this. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. Do you know, those are some of the saddest verses in the Bible. All that God, just a few chapters earlier, had declared very good, has now become so twisted and distorted and broken by sin. But you know, it also tells us this, that our God is not a remote God. He's a God who feels at the deepest level the pain of sin and wickedness and the suffering and distress that brings to this world. It grieves him. He feels it. It's personally against him. And you know what? We're all part of this. But I love little words in the Bible. And if I can say this tactfully, the word but is an amazing word when it's found in many of the contexts of the scriptures. And one of the sweetest verses in the Bible is Romans 5.20. And it says this, but as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. God's grace is bigger than our failings and our sin and our brokenness. And we see it here in the chapters of Genesis. Because straight after that verse that I've just read to you, we read this, but... Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. God's grace and favor is released upon Noah. And it's so important that we see this verse first before reading what follows in verse 9, where it says, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. The reason it's important is that we could think that Noah was chosen by God for favor because he was a righteous man. No, listen, he was given favor before he responded in righteous living. We don't get favor because we are good. We get favor so that we can live with his goodness. And that's 
what encounter with God is all about. It's his favour breaking into our world. The God of encounter is the God of favour. His favour is his grace. And encounter, like everything we receive from the Lord, is his goodness and love. It's undeserved and it's never earned. And you know what? That is great news. Because all of us are therefore candidates for this grace and favour. And God is longing to encounter every one of us with his goodness and love. Some of you might be saying, well, you don't know me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what my background is. No, you're right. I don't. But he does. He knows every inclination of your heart. And he still releases favour towards you. But listen, we have to make our response. We are not devoid of responsibility. To whom much is given, much is expected. And when we get favour, we must receive it and we must live in the good of it. We need to give our all in response to that encounter that we have with the living God. And that's what Noah did. In response to the favour of God, he lived a righteous life, living fully for the glory and the honour of God. And that's what encountering God does for us. It makes us live differently, even standing out as lights in the darkness around us because we've been changed by him. So how did Noah respond? How did this encounter with the favour of God, how did he respond to that? Well, a few things for us just to take on board today as we learn from his life. The first thing that this favour led him to was to walk with God. Our response of faith is to walk with God. When we get grace, when we get encounter from God, we are to respond in faith by walking with him. And walking with God is a really powerful picture in the Bible. It speaks of relationship with God. And you know, it's not really that complicated. It's living every moment of our existence with him, actively drawing him in and involving him in all that we are and all that we do. You know, we're very good, aren't we, at breaking up our life into physical and spiritual, sacred and secular, holy and unholy. But you know what? With God, it's all of a piece. It's all lived before him. And what I love is that immediately after telling us Noah walked with God, it mentions he has three sons. How random is that? Unless bringing your family life, bringing the everyday things of your life into your walk with God is also part of the deal, which of course it is. Noah is commended as a hero of faith for what? For saving his family. Isn't that amazing? For saving his family. 
I know right now that family life or, or, or just living in lockdown with others may not be your family. It can be really tough, really difficult, really challenging. But you know, I want to encourage you that God's wanting to walk in those moments with you right now. And he wants you to walk with him at the same time. He's interested. He wants to give you all you need to do that. He wants to give you his grace for others, his wisdom. Yes, even his patience. And just, just receive that from the Holy Spirit right now. Just receive that because I know some of you are struggling. I, I just sense that in my spirit. You're struggling with this. Receive that from him. You see, walking with God is living with an awareness of his presence. It's learning to listen to his voice, adjusting our ways to his. It's simply enjoying him, worshipping him, delighting in him, resting in him in every aspect of our lives. I was fascinated to understand that Noah's name literally means rest or comfort. But finding rest in walking with God is an amazing thing. Nothing hidden from his gaze. Giving it all every day for him. You know, when you walk with someone, you walk together, don't you? I've been told by my wife I walk very quickly. I wouldn't know. But, you know, if I walk too quickly and she's not with me, we're not walking together. When you walk with someone, you have to adjust your pace so that you keep in step with one another. You share together, don't you? You listen. You don't have your phone and, you know, your earphones in. You are attentive. You observe together and you enjoy what is around you together. And it's also a way I find when you go for a walk often of breaking up life. Oh, I'm going to go for a walk just to break up what I'm doing right now. It refreshes you. It gives you time to breathe some fresh air and maybe even keep fit. And it's no different to walking with God. That's the kind of relationship that he wants. He wants us to walk now with Jesus, his son, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And what I'm fascinated by, actually, is that even in this lockdown, most of us still get the freedom to walk. So I want to encourage you to go for walks with the Holy Spirit this week. Let those be moments of fresh encounter and change for you. Go and walk with God this week. But that leads to the second thing that that encounter with Noah led him to do. It led him to do everything that God said. And you know, there's a consistent refrain that comes through these chapters in Genesis about Noah. In verse 22 of chapter 6, it says, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him in chapter 7 and verse 5. It was Noah's faithful response of doing everything the Lord asked him to do, that he was commended for. It was a long obedience in the same direction throughout his life. And my friends, I just want to say to you that there is actually a very simple way to live in response to God. 
And it's this, whatever he asks you or me to do, I will do it. It's simple. You say, well, hold on, isn't that going to be tough? Well, not if he's with you. Not if he's going to grace you with everything that you need. Not if he's ever going to ask you to do something that you can never do with his strength. No, no, it's quite straightforward. And you know, it doesn't usually start with big things. It's the little steps of obedience day by day that lead us to the big steps as God reveals his plans. Noah never had what we've been given in his walk with God. We've been given, we've been given this amazing book, the Bible. <laughs> and you know, the book is not just another self-help suggestion. This book contains the words of life. It's the instructions of our maker and heavenly father for living a godly life. And living each day with its instructions trains us to live righteously before God and men. You know, it's not just a holy book for Sunday. This is, this is something that will help you in every part of your life. Now, we don't do it boastfully or self-righteously, but as the Bible says, we walk humbly and thankfully because the words of this book bring life to our very bones. It also brings direction to our journey, wisdom to the questions that we have, and it brings provision for our lack. Noah learnt to trust the words of God and to do whatever he said. And because of that, he was then given this amazing thing of building an ark because he'd learnt to do the little things every day that the Lord had commanded. And you know what? This ark was massive, probably about 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. Not exactly a little garden project. But his act of obedience in doing what God asked him to do, and it probably would have taken him many years. I mean, this guy wasn't, you know, a carpenter. He, he had to learn these things. And yet over the years, as he obeyed God, this very thing blessed him, saved his family, and through that blessed all the earth. Do you know, we are blessed today because of Noah's obedience. Obedience brings blessing, not only in our lives, but to those around us and even beyond us. Noah trusted God. He learnt that following God was the best way of living. Do what he says. So I want to encourage you. Do what he says about being a worshipper. Give it your all. Do what it says about getting baptised. If you're a follower of Jesus, don't put it off. Get baptised. We'll have to find a way to do that appropriately at the moment. But just do it. Give your money as God tells you to give it. Don't hold it back. Release it. Tell others about Jesus. If he says to you, phone a friend, go and phone a friend. Turn away from the very things that displease him and grieve him. Learn to trust him in all things. These are the ways that we're obedient to him. Do what he says. What's he saying to you right now? My friends, don't also 
expect it to be popular. I can imagine the ridicule that Noah must have had for building this monstrosity of a boat, miles from any sea or lake or river, and also for not following the ways of those around him. I don't know whether you've ever seen the film Evan Almighty, but it's a story about a man called Evan Baxter living in America who is visited by God who tells him to build an ark. And of course he builds it and he's so ridiculed. And if you watch that film, you can get something of how it must have seemed for Noah to do the very things that God asked him to do. But God rescued him. God locked him in the ark. In the storm and the flood, God remembered him and delivered him. And he will do the same with you as you follow his commands. And the final thing that we get out of responding to God's favour and what we see as Noah did that was that we get to live in the promises of God. After coming out of the ark, Noah got to enjoy a new earth. God made massive promises to Noah and his family, but also to all the earth, the creatures that came out the ark and, and to us who now live on this planet. He'd never destroy the earth again in that way. And he set the rainbow in the sky as the sign of his promise. And the promise to Noah becomes a prototype of the many precious promises that God has made to those who love him and belong to him in Jesus. When we trust Jesus Christ, when we ask him into our lives, those promises become our promises. And what we see in Jesus Christ is that God uses another piece of wood to save humanity. Not an ark, but a cross. And through the ark of the cross, we're invited to come in and to be saved. God keeps us safe. God watches over us. God releases his promises into us because through his son, we are saved. And those promises are amazing. Many of them. Never will I leave you or forsake you. My God will supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. He will keep that which I've committed unto him against the day of his return. And so it goes on. We get to inherit all these wonderful promises, the rainbow still stands. And you know what I love about the rainbow is that it's found in the first book of the Bible and it's also there in the last book of the Bible, book of Revelation. A rainbow is around the throne of God. It's around the Son of God. And it's a symbol that God's promises and faithfulness will always remain true. Actually, you know, the word for rainbow is the same word for a war bow, literally like a bow and arrow. And what it says to us is that when God has put his bow in the sky, 
He's laid down his weapons of war against humanity for those who will believe and receive what he's done. And if you look at the rainbow, which way is the ark pointing? It's pointing upwards. And so, you know, when the arrow gets fired, if it's ever going to be fired again, guess where it's fired? It's fired into God. And, you know, that's what, that's what we see in Jesus on the cross because the arrows of wrath were fired at him so that we no longer have to live under that, but we can live in the promises of freedom and freedom from all the stuff that holds us captive. The rainbow points to the fact that God has taken it all so that we can live in the promises that he's given to us. The rainbow still stands, just as the cross still stands as a means of rescue. And you, right now, can come to him. Just as Noah found favour, so too can you. Just as Noah walked with God, so can you. Just as Noah lived in the promises of the rainbow, the promises of God, so can you. And I just want to invite you right now to stand as we let the God of encounter meet with us. Let's just take a moment to do that. If you'd like to stand, I want to invite you to let the Holy Spirit right now encounter you. Some of you, you're just aware right now of him drawing you. And you know what your life has been like. You know what's in your heart. But you know what? You've received favour. And just receive the favour and the blessing of God right now. I want to invite you to say, Jesus, I want to respond in faith to your favour and grace towards me. And just invite him right now to come into the very centre of who you are, to forgive your sin and to change you to be a follower of the living God. You've got favour. Respond to it right now. Some of you right now need strength to walk with him. Maybe your walk has got a little bit broken. Holy Spirit, right now, let everyone listening this week, learn what it means to walk with you every day, doing whatever you say. May you have an amazing week as you learn that the God of encounter walks with you. We're now going to take time to break bread together and Richard and Jess are going to lead us.